All right, you are listening to episode 129 of the Unnecessary Nonsense podcast that is dangerously close to 130. On this episode, we will not count to 130, although we could. We're going to talk a little bit about, uh, we're going to talk a little baseball since the opening day has uh, come and gone a little bit past, and then we'll touch on, and then we'll go back into the wrestling realm, talk a little bit about uh, what's going on with AEW, and then also touch on a couple of things related to some of the show happening right now. And also I'm going to discuss a little bit regarding the uh, situation going on with WB Prism. New series has come out, but I've, I've started to observe some interesting things that don't surprise me, but at the same time are probably worthwhile paying attention to. That and more on this episode of the Unnecessary Nonsense Podcast. The way you can tell that the caffeine fully hasn't kicked in is that I only was only about a seven and a half where I'm usually starting the show on a 12! <laughs> Facts. And now Jose, I'm Carlos, and that's Devade. Mm-hmm. I did it for you, buddy. Yeah, it's like it's, it's not kicking in yet. Like I, I'm very tired. Okay. I'm very it's okay. Tired. I got a story for you, though, I didn't that I haven't mentioned to you yet, but I think you'll appreciate this, all right? Go ahead. So... You know that I occasionally have some issues with my internet. You have a lot of issues. Because... Oh, know, oh with the internet. Sorry, go on. <laughs> that I live in, you know, the middle of nowhere, according you to do. you. You mm-hmm. do. The fourth All dimension. Right? So, this past week, after being on the phone and being dropped while on hold twice, mm-hmm. uh, I have finally renegotiated a deal, and I'm and I'm dropping Bell completely. The, the, dream, the dream lives. Uh, and I have... And, and I'm... Because of dates and what i paid and whatnot i actually have two tv services currently mm. for about another four days mm. all right for some reason now it's an internet-based tv service okay okay so i just want to put that out there so in the basement here we also have a like a tv where we're going to use the playstation and we have you know as what obviously as addition to the games we've got you know, Netflix, Disney Plus, any of the streaming services that we use that are on there too. Yeah. And they work very intermittently. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. With the new Epico box that we have. Is it literally called Epico? Yeah, it's, that's what it's called. It's from Coachico. Sure, sure. Okay. Everything works fine. Yeah. Okay, a cable, the cable internet can have. Uh, it's, it's, the it's thing wired, with DSL. Car- Carlos, it's Wi-Fi. Uh-huh. Okay. It's literally further away from the modem than the PlayStation. Yeah. And but if the antenna is weaker, but if the antenna is weaker, it doesn't matter. It works. Yeah. But I just it's... want to point that out. Yeah. It probably works weaker. better than us right now having this conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, the reality is that um, a lot of folks, a lot of those companies use uh, use uh, modems, uh, modem slash routers that have very weak antennas. So it's one of those things where like, it'll work if you're like four inches away. Well, yeah, but I'm <laughs> yeah. saying, but the box, which is further than anything else away, works fine. I get it. If the antenna is working properly, then it doesn't matter as much. Well, yeah. obviously. Yeah. But I just felt that was interesting based on our previous discussion about how nothing works in the basement, rough, you know, for any uh, reliability. But apparently this Epico box is like brought it to a new level. Yeah. And sometimes it's, uh, if I learned nothing else when I was working at the satellite companies, sometimes signals are weird because um, because that because I had that phone back in the university days that, that we found that was like a pay-as-you-go phone. There was Rogers, and for some reason worked in my basement. Whereas I don't think government satellites could get in there. That's true. I do remember that actually. Yeah, it was the it was the old it was the old hashtag government phone, and it's like it worked, and Lord knows why, and nothing else could. The aliens can't even get signals in there. I do. I remember that. Oh, signals the are weird, man. House, Carlos. Signals are weird, man. Signals are weird. It's true. Yeah, but that's fair enough. Um, 
on my end, otherwise, everything is pretty straightforward this week. Although, um, early on in the week, I got to make some arrangements, I think, uh, Monday. Uh, I have been asked, fallen told, to uh, to go to the office. Uh, so I will be going to the office for the very first time ever. Not of my own choice, but because this is the excuse for, uh, you're going to need to pass eventually. Damn. So you are going to have to go back to the in commuting again. Oh, well, yeah, on, 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 on probably on Tuesday. Um, but the, the idea here is that our group is on an as-needed basis. But So literally, my manager's not going. So he's like, yeah, he's like, but you need a pass. You don't have one. And I'm like, I want to counter your logic. But at the same time, I can't. He's like, you are technically correct. Um, that, that, that's very frustrating for me. It's like, technically correct is the best kind of correct, and I can't defeat technically correct. Um, so I have, I met, be hitting, do you have to go in a specific time? No, no, no. It's uh, well, I, I basically have a, a desk book for the day. It's going to be a situation where the the, the 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 intention is that number one, it's to get the pass. Number two, it's that well, uh, some people will be there. Um, oh, this is a good opportunity for you to you know have some FaceTime with some of your colleagues and folks that you work in the other departments with. And I'm sitting there like, but I don't care about that. <laughs> I, I like my house. I like sleeping in. It's like, and now I have to get up at a reasonable hour. Outrageous. Yeah. And Abs take the train and. Just take a subway too, or just a train? Yeah, but for about twenty minutes. Uh, so this one, the old, the old, uh, the old job uh, was all the way at North York. So I actually had to get take the go and then take the subway far down the line. This one is about uh, it's like young, like young and blur. Okay. So it's like one of the things. So it's not. So it's it's a it's a decent enough spot. It's and then you just walk a couple of minutes and you're there. So like twenty minutes. Once I'm at Union, about twenty minutes away. Right. It's not too bad. It's not crazy. Yeah, it's uh, it's one of those things where like if I had to do the commute, I could. It, it's much better than my last commute when I did. But it's been over two years since I did a commute regularly. Like, yeah. and it's like, oh, it's been a while. Yeah. Significant. So it was like, so it was like hmm, do I remember how to do this? <laughs> right. And then what? Then you get on the train. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's it was hilarious. I was like, okay, we'll, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. Um, but yeah. So that'll be that'll be the thing that's coming up. Anyway, so let's uh, let's roll in here. Uh, you want to talk a little bit about baseball? Yeah. Uh, so what specifically you want to talk well, about? I was at the home opener last night. So the Jays home opener. Mm -hmm. It's been. I believe this is my first opening. Well, my first Jays opening day. I did go to opening day in Arizona, uh, just because that happened to be when we were there and it worked out. Wait, you've never been to a Jays opening day otherwise? No, I have. This is the first opening day I've been since the Usher extravaganza, Carlos. Dear God, <laughs> that was, a, um, I think it was 120 years ago, approximately. <laughs> I, think Ka, I, think, I think Cap Hansen was in the starting lineup. Yeah. As an opener, the Usher one was way better. Oh, Not yes. the game, but the ceremony. Yeah. Uh, you can't that, beat that. That was a different thing entirely. See, now, see, I, I, I have, I, I'm going to do one better. I did not go to opening day, but you know That's what correct. I did do? What I did earlier today? Watch the game from yesterday? No. But what I've done earlier today that I haven't done in a long time is I played some MOB The Show. Ooh. And you know what I don't have? A PlayStation 5. You know how I played MOB The Show? Nice. Damn right. <laughs> that's just the box. <laughs> that's, the point I is to say. So. The point is to say. The point is the same. I am not fucking rich, Dave. Like, yeah. I can throw it with the with the real Xbox in it. That's my decoy Xbox. I literally bought this strictly <laughs> to throw it on the podcast. Yes, the real one is already hooked up, but this is the decoy one. I did it on the live stream last night too. I, I, I would have. 
It would have been great. It's like, Carlos, why would you do that? It's like, if, if I, if it was like the Xbox was in it. So why would you do that? Because I just wanted to make clear that you're all fucking peasants and I'm rich. And <laughs> I, you like make it rain too. Yeah, absolutely. It'd be, it'd be all part of the thing. We, we embrace, we embrace our healed of Dave. We embrace it. Yeah, absolutely. Man. It's like, oh, it's like, I, I had to do the, I, I, my kids begged me for one of those. Yeah, it really sucks for them. Losers. What kind of heal are you if you can't, you know, throw an Xbox across the screen and break it? obviously uh so anyway uh, i did um i went and got the um they have the thing where they include the xbox uh, ultimate whatever ultimate mm-hmm. pass um so the xbox ultimate pass i think it was like 16 or 17 bucks and then uh and then you get the machine and then you basically do it and you can just pay it off in one shot or you can take it in chunks so i'll probably pay it off in the next uh, month or so and but the two-year subscription to it includes over 100 games including mlb the show so basically i don't have to pay for mlb the show and i can just play it nice i was like yes so were you playing uh, did you like start a creative player or were you i did yes team? i did i did uh so and of course i said everything to i'm old my reflexes suck so fix this for me <laughs> yeah <laughs> all right as such i hit two home runs it's like i feel accomplished yes i did so- i did the thing yes because at this point, they got so many extra controls with the things. It's like, I, I can't handle this shit. I'm sorry. Like, well, that's fair. Uh, I will say, though, that the Xbox controller, I do prefer it these days. Um, I do feel it's very comfortable. I don't have, I'm not going to have time to really commit to do it too much. But I'll play a game here or there. I, was, I hit a little bit of Home Run Derby. I did a little bit of a road to the show. Pretty fun. I like it. They've definitely upgraded. They've upgraded it a lot. They actually had um, full motion video, like, podcasts talking about your character. And the, well, the guy in the podcast is like, and now bringing in to talk about it, King Griffey Jr. King Griffey Jr. What do you think about this? Like, you brought in King Griffey Jr. for this? All right, that's then. impressive. I, I, I was very look even in the beginning before I before the amateur draft, they have the guy waiting the the character waiting to get the call for what team's going to draft you. Right. But like I was looking at it, it's like this game actually plays in 4K. I don't have a 4K television, but I could tell that it's that it would play in 4K because on my TV it was crispy. The phone that was on the table looked like my actual phone that was on my actual table. I was like, all right, guys, that is that is a crispy image. Dang. Right nice. down to the last thing. I was like, okay, we're getting good on these things. We're getting real good. I remember playing the 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 MLB the show in like 06, 07. It didn't look like that. Yeah. It was very crispy. I was like, wow, okay. You're taking advantage of full yeah. HD. I have and, I have um the last one I have is 2020. Yeah. But it looks good. I will say that. Uh, I will say if you do have the Xbox in it, that that ultimate service for like 16, 17 bucks, 100 games that you can just play as long as you're subscribed to it, that's a way better deal. Yeah. Yeah, because the game's like 80, 70, 80 bucks, right? So, and you can play, like I said, over 100 other games, including some of the other EA sports games. So I think you can play Madden and a couple other ones that are already built in with it. It's like, okay, so then just download it and start playing. And it runs right off the hard drive. I was like, okay sweet so i uh oh and it's backwards compatible to the other to the previous xbox so i have my games that i do have so i put it so i did that for a little bit and then i started playing burnout paradise i was like yes burnout paradise let's go nice i was like all right i like this machine already we're doing it it's like you know what i'm so excited about this i'm buying another why so i can throw it down the other way (laughs) peasants why not right there you go so that is my opening day thing dave i like it that there was you. way more entertaining than my opening day thing. Although oh, 100%. Game, it, was, it was going to be. 
the game was I mean the Jays were down seven nothing and came back and won ten eight. So yeah, was that. it six nothing six nothing or seven nothing? I thought seven it was six. Nothing. Yeah, because I was getting I was getting updates from the chat uh while I was doing the while I was doing the live stream. Uh but yeah, it was good. Um and I'm glad uh Vladdy Jr. did a couple of things. I'm uh, actually trying to sell a couple more Vladdy Jr. cards. So I was like, hot start, let's go. Juan Soto hit a home run. Teoscar Hernandez cards because he hit a home run last night. Yeah, I don't have any Teoscar Hernandez. I really haven't been. I, I'll, I'll watch a little bit here and there. I know they've got some good players that have uh, that played very well last year. I'll keep an eye on it. I'm going to watch a little bit more this season. So, uh, so because last season I knew they were going to be okay, but I wasn't. I I didn't suspect that they would do too much craziness. However, um, yeah, if I'll be kind of keeping holds an eye this up, season. right? And I think that's. I mean, obviously, you never know about injuries and things like that, but I think yep. their big question mark is the pitching still. Uh, even though they, you know, they got Kevin Gossman as a starter and, and obviously did some tweaks in the bullpen, like everybody does every year. Mm-hmm. But I think they've got a solid roster and they really have a solid chance of winning the East and potentially making some noise in the playoffs. Absolutely. That's what's going to be. It's going to be kind of interesting to see how that plays out. That's why I say, like, I'm definitely going to be paying a little bit more attention this year. Uh, from that standpoint, which is going to be good. Of course, I got the streaming package as always. But you know, I I got a lot of I got a lot of things going on right now, Dave. I got my MLB the Show character. I got Aussie Rules. Like, man, I'm a busy man, Dave. Always very comes busy back man. to Aussie Rules, doesn't it? Damn right it does. You know this. Like, come on. Yeah. So so here's my question for you then, Carlos. Hmm. Okay. Um, what is sticking out to you about any team or anything that might make you watch some other team? Oh well, Juan Soto. I I, I, I was watch. I watched the. Let's put it this way: I didn't watch let, the Jays. Let me rephrase, let me rephrase the question. Can I rephrase the question? Okay. I also watched Mike Trout. You know, I hate watch Trout. Does that count? Oh, do you? Okay. Because <laughs> okay, fair enough. Because I was going to say, take out the Blue Jays. Okay. Take out Juan Soto. Sure. Is there anything you care about in the MLB this year? I, I was I was hate watching Trout. That was okay. good. That was fun. All right. And, and and he and he and he and he rose to the occasion and was mediocre. It was wonderful. Nice. So, do you have any any particular teams that you feel are like you feel really high on, or I, I got I got I got to actually watch some games. I ha, I have done I I've uh, I was having this conversation the other day, and maybe this is a topic for another day. So keep it in the back of your mind. Maybe we can revisit it. All right. Um, I find as I get older, uh, now now obviously not aging as rapidly as humans, but you know slower. Um, but the point is, as I do get older, I do find that I become a lot more casual with a lot of the sports. I can still enjoy watching, like I was enjoying watching the game with the Nationals, but I, I, I had it on the side screen while I was doing some other stuff. But then I'd look over and when Soto was batting, I, I you know, focus my attention on what's going on, pay a lot closer to attention. Uh, there were a couple of, um, there was a no hitter attempt uh, with San Diego. I watched a little, I tuned in a little bit of that once it was underway uh, to keep an eye on it. I'll do stuff like that. I'll shift around the different games. So I'll watch some games here and there, but I'm not really paying super close attention, especially early on in the season. Like it's got to get closer to the playoffs and the pennant run when I play closer attention. Whereas before I would be like hanging on every pitch and really closely watching, even with the Jays, I'll definitely be watching some games, but more than likely it'll be like 20 or 30 games. Whereas there was once upon a time where I would go to the dome to watch 20 or 30 games live. Yeah. So it's a very big difference, like in my engagement level with the sport. Um, so it's just a it's just a matter, and it's the same thing. Kind of happens with football. Like I'll watch red zone. Obviously, I'll watch the Packer games. Uh, football is a little easier for me to be a little bit more engaged. But for most sports, I'm not really paying attention that closely. Uh, you know, other Aussie, Aussie rules. rules, of course, Aussie rules. That's the, but that's different. That that's got Aussies. That's great. All right. Okay. Because uh, one of the things I'm curious to to hear your your take on it too is because there's been talk about this, not just for me, and and you know, obviously, I have a bias towards the Dodgers. But but there has been there is talk out there that this Dodgers lineup is could potentially be 
you know, up there, if not the greatest lineup of all time. Well, I know that um, with Freddie Freeman being added to that lineup, it's a strong lineup. It's now, gonna... I will, I will give you the lineup if you like. This is the, you know, um, I would say most often lineup you're going to get. So uh-huh. you're going to get Betts, mm-hmm. Freeman, yep, Trey Turner, mm-hmm. Max Muncie, mm-hmm. Justin Turner, mm-hmm. okay, uh, Cody Bellinger, yep, Gavin Lux, Will Smith. And whoever they decide to put at DH. Okay, so do me a favor. I, I want you to do a little quicker, but go through that lineup again from the beginning. Okay, quick. Do you want me? Uh, to there's a reason why. There's a reason why. Humor me. Okay, but can I just? I'm trying to think off the top of my head, and it's not working. Who their who their DH is going to be most of the time? We'll get that in a minute. We'll get that in a minute. Okay, Start from the top. So, okay, just give me a sec. So, Betts. Okay, former MVP. Freeman. Former MVP. Trey Turner. Batting titleist. Okay. Max Muncy. He's a good player from what I watch. Go on. And and he walks a lot too. Yeah. Justin Turner. Yeah, I watched him a little bit too. He's a good player. Keep going. Okay. Cody Ballinger. Former MVP. Will Smith. Slapped Chris Rock. <laughs> if only that was the same. That, like I, 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 had, I had the setup for it. <laughs> I was ready for it. Like, Start from the top, Dave. Start from the top. Gavin Lux. Uh, Promising young rookie. They're they're hopeful. I don't know if he's. I we'll have to see. But let's put it this way: if he's the weak link in this, we 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 can always have Will Smith slap Chris Rock again. He'll distract everyone. It'll be fine. That's true. Or Homer off Will Smith, like happened in the in the playoffs, because that was pretty cool too. That works too. Why not? Right. And uh, yeah. And then it's a question of again, who's going to be the one who's going to play DH for them? Yeah. The point is, it doesn't matter. the 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 key here is oh, that Chris Taylor. That's the one. That's the other one. Sure. The point who's here is be that starting a lot of the time. You've got you've got a lot of promising players, and you've got former MVPs and a guy who won a batting title last year. Yeah, like that's pretty good. <laughs> that seems good. Yeah, seems good. No, for so, sure. So you think your boys can actually win this time? What well, if the maybe? The, always, they're, that, they're, that team has been good for quite a while, and they've had a lot of opportunities. That's why I'm saying they did it win is this generation's Atlanta Braves. Like but, they but have but now saying, won one. Yes. Right. So they're sorry for those of you who don't know because I, I sometimes take for granted that everyone know thinks the way we do and knows what we're talking about. First of all, no one thinks the way we do. Secondly, no <laughs> one's watching. <laughs> Somebody is. This 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 is exclusively... So just to be clear, let, let's remove all pretenses. Aside from my heelish throwing of the box, let's remove all pretenses. The purpose of this podcast is twofold. It's it's for my one, it's for me to chronicle my wonderful mockery of, of you and, and things related to you. Secondly, it is an opportunity for us to discuss while I do hen, hen, mockery. And then in addition to that, it is chronicled for all. It is so that I can have moments like making fun of Beer Mahan and calling him Beardy. It's really just... A series, it's an avenue for us to pull little clips that are entertaining. Frankly, you should just play this back for your family. Just play the greatest hits. And this is when Carlos said Beardy. <laughs> this is when Carlos made fun of this. This is when Carlos threw an Xbox box across the thing. And I had no idea he was going to do that. That hey, We have our moments, is. man. We have our moments. That is what this is. Uh, yeah. So, but to get back to my original point. You had a point? I did. Okay. That... During the 90s, the Atlanta Braves basically won the division in the National League every year, meaning they won the National League pennant. Mm -hmm. And they won the World Series once. Yeah. The Dodgers, up until last year, had won, I think, eight straight division titles. Uh, Had made the World Series three times. Dave, Dave, I am aware of the record. 
It's somebody can Google it. We they they got they've had a lot of opportunities and they won one time they won. Yes, and that was in a shortened season. Yeah, but that's going to be right now. That the reason I asked the question is right now that is their legacy at the moment. Again, it could be worse. You could win zero. No, for sure. I mean, I mean, they've got that, and well, they maybe some would argue they should have two Houston asterisks, but yeah, uh, you know. But the point is, stuff happens. So uh, the the talent is still there. They need to start actually capitalizing on it. But and it again, always, that lineup looks scary to me. And even the year that they they won, that there there feels like there's like the obvious move, in my opinion, anyway, that they don't make. And the reason I say the obvious move partly is because they have more money than God. Yeah. So I feel they need another starter. We'll see. Yeah. Right? Could I be. mean, I know how much you love Walker Bueller, and and I do too. Bueller. Right, if if only for his last name, but I know yeah. you have some cards that you're hoping will eventually go up in value soon. Right, but then you have you know you have Julio Urias, who's who's good but not amazing. Kershaw, who's on the downside of his career, mm-hmm. but he's going to be a Hall of Famer. And, Dave, Dave, and- I appre- Dave, I appreciate your Dodgers report, but much like British Cross Country Running Report, let's get to the part where Carlos says some entertaining shit. It's coming. Oh come on, man. Anyway, but- they need another pitcher. Yes, fair enough. I'm with you. Can we get to the wrestling part now? Go ahead. Okay, thank you. Okay, so real quick, um, I'll touch on the the obvious. Uh, this past week was good. Uh, what I will say, and, and right now, they, AEW has been on a good run of good shows. Uh, on the heels of, so quickly I'll touch on WWE, on the heels of WrestleMania, I will say, going back and listening to the episode, after WrestleMania happened and I paid attention, I did scan some of the stuff that happened. Uh, we were definitely wrong on some stuff because Absolutely. honestly, yeah, um, I honestly didn't think they would have. I did actually watch the street fight with Kevin Owens. It was okay. It was passable. It doesn't change my opinion at all. I didn't think it was necessary. I thought it was basically really, really relying on the crutch that is the nostalgia thing with Stone Cold. I understood. Uh, they made the most out of it, so I'll give him credit for that. And Kevin Owens is a professional. I, I knew he would do as good a job as he could, and Stone Cold held his own. But he looked like a nearly 60-year-old guy doing like a street fight thing, and, and he and he did admirably. He did very well, and obviously and he got the reaction. a bunch of beer, Carlos, and smashed the cans together. I, I have no concern with what Stone Cold did, and I have no concern with what Kevin Owens did. I think they both did the best they could with what they were given to do, and they gave, made, they left the crowd happy to so the best of their ability. your concern that McMahon can no longer take a stunner properly? It's not a concern. It was a given. The, the fact that they the fact that they brought him back for night two and that's the shit that they came up with it was like okay look you got away with it on the first one like you know th- put your hands together say hey great job guys go and watch the show next go and watch the show tomorrow and enjoy no can you come out and like give a stunner and by the way after mcmahon buried pat mcafee after pat mcafee beat austin theory austin theory and why i don't know um, so anyway, you put over the announcer and then the announcer loses to a geriatric Vince McMahon, who then takes the worst, most unathletic stunner. To be clear, Vince McMahon in his prime was not a good athlete. Did he look imposing? Because he's basically a bodybuilder, but he basically has the coordination of like, he had a coordination of an 80 year old man 20 years ago. Now he's an 80 year old man. So now what? <laughs> Dear God. He actually rebroke his own record for the worst stunner ever taken. And so Kosibasa literally had to sit there like an idiot waiting for him to, to stumble and bumble off the rope and sort of finally come near him so he could grab him and like... <laughs> and and he, and do it. He, he felt like, listen, this McMahon was less graceful than the box I tossed. Yeah, 100%. That, yeah, box, like, was, that box was pro. It's like that, that box majestically flew across, flew across the hallway here. 
majestically. Uh, you have to trust me on this. It was chariots of fire. Imagine it. Dun, 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 dun. But maybe maybe you can just slow it down and you know put it to that music. I can't. But you have to imagine chariots of fire, the majestic floating. Vince McMahon, the beginning of Mick Foley's song with the car crash sound effect. Good reference, Bill. This is what I do. But the point is, like, it was shit. You got, and, so, <laughs> and then uh, and then you got the, you know the jackass guy Johnny Knoxville whatever fine apparently some people liked it so f- fair enough whatever if that's your thing like I mean I know obviously it was meant as sort of comic relief and whatnot yeah. if that's your thing like good for it and you know Sami Zayn did what he needed to do yeah yeah it, well, He's a professional that so right he, there hey, gotta wrap the Canadian guys on this right? that's basically the theme of this show so and so did the best they could they're a professional. They tried to make something out of it. Uh, you had Logan Paul dressed up like a geeky YouTube Power Ranger with a, with a Pokemon with a Pokemon thing uh, for the necklace again. However, um, notable uh, from the trading card world, uh, the necklace he had, the Pokemon card, he received the Guinness World Record uh, plaque because apparently that is the most expensive Pokemon card ever paid for, which is to say Logan Paul paid over $5 million for a Pokemon card. Jeez. And he wore it to the ring. Because he's a douchebag. <laughs> Logan Paul basically did in attempting to flex with a Pokemon card, a less effective version of what I just did with the Xbox box. Ah, uh, so the title of this episode is gonna have something to do with that box, yes? I think the title is just gonna be the Xbox box. <laughs> That's and everybody's like, "What the hell is he talking about?" You'll get it in the first it's couple. Not necessary of minutes. nonsense, though. Yeah, you get it in the sense. first couple of minutes. Don't worry about it. But the but no, the point is like, uh, so you had that. A lot of other matches didn't make any sense. Um, the Charlotte Flair not losing the title thing made no sense to me because it extends the feud that no one needed extended. No one. The Bianca Belair thing, obvious. So that one did go as planned, so to speak, I guess. Roman yeah. Reigns won as planned, so to speak, again. I mean, you know, I, I don't think this is, the, this is the one thing I would say about this on, on that respect. I don't think you really accomplished much or at least surprised much storyline-wise. But I think the quality of match turned out much better than we thought it was going to. For which one? Every, the whole thing. Um, I watched a, co- a little bit of a couple of the matches. I, I, I believe I, I could be mistaken, but I, I think my my words were, I think in a lot of cases, I think the match will be fine, but I don't care. And it was a case where the match was fine and I didn't care. So it's Is like there anything you cared about in this? In the WrestleMania, no, absolutely not, because because all of that happened didn't matter. Like almost immediately, it didn't matter. Like they even did the Cody Rhodes thing. They, they, they by the way, they, doing kind of what I suspected. They decided to go the whole way, and they did the Cody Rhodes AEW entrance, proving that Vince can't come up with an entrance. Uh, oh, so, no, but boss, can I? Can this is the thing when when you get the, I'm like thinking, watching, and I'm going, this is what pisses me off about wrestling fans. Okay, mm-hmm. prior to this entrance, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. The, the average, you know, WWE fan on Twitter or whatnot, we can use this to a segment to Tony Khan's craziness if you want yeah, later because sure. of what he said this week. Mm-hmm. But, right, Cody Rhodes sucks. He wasn't mm-hmm. appreciated in WWE, right? He was Stardust, then he was Cody Rhodes, but he's been gone for six years because nobody cared about him or thought he was that great, okay? He goes to AW. He creates, I think, as far as I know, the American Nightmare character of Cody Rhodes. Effectively, in, yes. In AEW, mm-hmm. Right. You know, AW fans are like, eh, he's all right. At, at best, I would say. Right? Yeah. Although thankful for what he did for the company. Yeah. He had, he had gotten it. I, I tried to describe it with the whole Cody versus Corner thing. 
Yeah. It was a situation where like he was very serviceable. He could do a lot of good things. He could help some young talent have some good matches. He's a fairly good technical wrestler too. He, no, he 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 does he understands how to do certain things. But because of the way he liked to do things, he basically was in this weird like corner of the of the show that basically didn't affect anything else on the show. It was like a self-contained little Cody verse box. Like that wasn't yes. an exaggeration. Like it was literally like this exists in a vacuum, almost as a show inside a show. What happens here has no bearing on the rest of the program. No, for sure. Yeah, for sure. And then he comes to, to WWE back, right? Yeah. People are like, oh, Cody's coming back. I don't know why you're really excited about this, but okay. Other than, you know, you've taken somebody from AEW now. Yeah. And then he is the exact same person, exact same character, exact same entrance, basically the same outfit. Everything is AEW. Not basically. It is the same outfit. Well, Okay, except now it's in WWE and it's the greatest thing ever. Mm-hmm. It's like, what the fuck, man? You either pre- you either, he was either good before or he wasn't. Like he's the same thing. Yeah, and it bugs me because it's just like just appreciate it or don't. But it's the exact same fucking thing. Well, my my point really was, um, look, I don't care that they reuse the that they reuse the whole bit, but what you basically just proved is number one, you couldn't come up with anything better. Number two, obviously, as part of his deal, he said, like, I've already got an entrance. I've got this all figured out. Let me do and my thing. And he's got the music, right? Same yeah. music, too. Yeah. And that's fine. He's got the rights to it. That's cool. I'm with, I'm all, I'm with all that. That's fine. But I should point something out. This is the Wrestle, This is WrestleMania. This was your big surprise that everybody saw coming. However, Showcase of the Immortals, the whole nine yards. And this right here, in a nutshell, is the perfect microcosm of WrestleMania. This was their big coup. They got the AEW guy. Great. They kept the interest and everything the same. Great. You just did a thing where you did this great big show where you're trying to pipe it up to this, be this whole thing. That entrance was the exact same thing six months ago you could have seen on Dynamite. It was a television entrance. It wasn't anything special. Literally, we had it for months and months and months. and months. You could have seen the identical entrance. The only thing you got different was it was in a bigger arena. And maybe some more pyro. Sure. The, the point is that, like, normally WrestleMania, you're like, oh, man, huge, this amazing entrance. Whatever. You literally replay beat for beat, right? They even did the little uh, little uh, voiceover intro. Uh, wrestling has one royal family or whatever. And then, no, 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 no. And it's like, it's the same shit. You, you literally presented me the same shit. Is this an episode of Dynamite? Are the Young Bucks coming out? That'd be great. But like, but it's like, but, but the thing is like, we see, it's like, you showed me nothing different except, oh, it's, it's Seth Rollins. Good. I don't give a shit. Good for him. But Carlos, don't you understand? Tony Khan has made the biggest mistake he will ever make by letting Cody Rhodes go. Yeah. Because he's Cody got, Rhodes he, is a game changer. Yeah. He's got a lot of opportunities to make bigger mistakes. Uh, and, you know, we'll see how he does. And we'll talk about that here in a second. Now we're going to segue over. But the point is that, no, like, okay, look, and here's the thing, uh, from what I understand, I could be mistaken. I believe Cody Rhodes' next match, get ready for this, guys, is going to be against The Miz. Brace yourselves. <laughs> Give me Pilot Julia Hart any day over The Miz, please. She's getting closer, man. I saw her getting closer to turning. She 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 attacked Hikaru Shida from behind. We're getting closer. We're getting closer. Come it's on, good. Pirate Julia Hart. Let's go. But you know what else I learned this week, Carlos, before we talk about anything you want to talk about AEW? Hmm. Okay. I learned... The only reason anyone says ba- anything bad about AEW online is because it's bots. Well, actually, if you look at a couple of the... So here's the thing. Tony Khan is kind of batshit crazy. 
but that's kind of entertaining. However, I should point something out. I don't think he's wrong on some of it because I've seen some of the Twitter, because Twitter is a cesspool anyway, and bots yes. are a real yes, thing. Some fact, of the com some fact. of the comments and, and retweets and stuff are so generic and like formulaic. People use Twitter bots to like harass people. So I would not be really the simplest way to double check that is just look at some of the accounts and see what they post. If it's literally somebody, somebody who is posting the same shit all the time, the same basic points over and over again to anybody that talks about AEW, like they find them out of nowhere. They're not even following them, but somehow they find their, their, they mentioned AEW. Oh, AEW shit for blah, 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 blah. And it's the same verbiage over and over again. It's a bot. So I wouldn't be surprised if there are real bots that do that because some people have too much time on their hands. Do you think, as, as there was an insinuation, that uh, WWE is behind some of it? Uh, so here's the thing. Do I believe specifically WWE has gone out to do this? No. Would it shock me if it turned out they did? Also no. Fair enough. Yeah, because they because they like to manipulate social media and because they use social media as a weapon to like be like, hey, look at how much engagement we have. They they used to uh, on their shows. I don't know if they still do. I don't watch shows anymore. But they used to literally promote how many uh, social media followers they have, all those superstars. They would literally sit there and add up all the followers of all the superstars because, by the way, people can follow multiple people. But they would double count them. And they'd be like, 15 trillion people follow WWE on social media. We don't have 15 trillion people on earth. 15 trillion. It's like, that doesn't make any sense mathematically. 15 trillion. It's like, whatever, dude. Um, so to put it this way, is Tony Khan a little bit paranoid? Yes. Does he have some justification? Some of his paranoia? It is Vince McMahon on the other side. Is that, is, is that, is that beneath him? There is nothing that is beneath Vince McMahon. No. Although sometimes I feel Tony Khan would benefit from being a little, in some cases, more like Vince McMahon. Yeah, there's a there. Look, there is a benefit to being ruthless, and I'm sure Tony Khan could take a better stunner. So, 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 so I almost feel like I almost feel like Tony, I got this great idea. What's that? So what we're gonna do is we're gonna have one of the guys uh, deliver you a stunner. Okay. So all you gotta do is not look like a broken piece piece of cardboard and just keel over. No, like actually take the damn move. That'd be great. Could you do that? Yeah, exactly, right? Um, but yeah, no, I, I do think uh, I do think it is a little bit paranoia. I do think there is... I'm not going to go as far as to say WB is behind it. I don't know. Um, but can, can I believe there are bots that specifically target people that try to speak positively of AEW to create this illusion that there's this groundswell of people who are anti-AEW? No, I, I could see bots. By the way, it could also be some fans who really are, have so much allegiance, they would do it on their own volition. Yeah. I can see that. Like, that's... It's possible. Like, this whole... Um, this whole territorial territorial thing uh, is very toxic. So, like, it would not shock me if there's some people who have nothing better to do than to set up bots for this. That would not shock me. Right. That makes sense? Yeah. Yeah. So, I said, I, I'm going to give it, I'm going to take it with a grain of salt. But I believe that there are bots on Twitter for this kind of stuff. If Twitter as a platform would do a better job policing that and really clearing it out, you would find out a little bit more that there isn't as much engagement in Twitter as people like to believe. I think a lot of it is bot. Is bot uh, give you a simple example. On YouTube, I'll post uh, a video. Within five seconds, I'll have three comments or two comments. The junk. They post on everybody's. It's the same stuff. You don't think you could... Stuff that isn't even about the video, you mean? Absolutely nothing. Nothing yeah. related to it. Nope. And usually my filters pick it up, but sometimes it doesn't, and I have to remove them myself. The video was four seconds ago, and it's got a paragraph of text. 
a bot can do that very easily, very quickly. Twitter is rife with bots. Guaranteed. Oh, for sure. I don't I don't deny that. <laughs> yeah. So it would not shock me if there were bots that were doing that kind of thing. So I, I, I believe him that if he if he if he did hire somebody to do check it out, he they probably found a lot of bot activity related to AW now, stuff. Fair enough. Do you feel he should be a making that claim or say, talking about that in the first place? And B, if he is gonna do it. Do you feel he should have provided some evidence of such? I don't think you can provide evidence that people would be satisfied with. I do think you kind of keep it under your hat. You you analyze the data for yourself. And uh, if you really wanted to do a thing, I would basically work with some, uh, you know, wrestling media folks and go, hey, look, this is what I'm finding. Check it out. Take this with you and take a look at it and see what you find. Provide them the information. Give them some info and go, look, you should not be the one posting it on social media. You, Tony Khan, need to be really cognizant of the message you deliver. Your message should be really focused on like, you really should just be promoting your own product. Yeah. Just focus on promoting your own product. Don't worry about everything else. Just keep your eye on the product. Because right now you've got a full plate. You got Ring of Honor and AEW and you're trying to do way too much between those two things. I like some of the stuff that's going on because I like some of the Ring of Honor stuff and it plays into and will come into the, the show this week. There's some opportunities there because some of these Ring of Honor titles and things are allowing you to get opportunities for some guys, Wheeler Yuta, which we'll talk about in a minute, Mm-hmm. Um, which is great for some of these guys. Um, and I think it, it, this week was a mixed bag. And with some... the fact that you have such a big roster, it helps Absolutely. too. Absolutely. And I think, I think, to do. I think it would be wonderful if they're able to secure some kind of a television deal for Ring of Honor because it immediately creates additional television time for some folks because Brian Cage already made a debut on Ring of Honor. So that's a great opportunity for Brian Cage to get some time, get to maybe win a Ring of Honor title. This is good. This is very good. Mm-hmm. Samoa Joe, who you just introduced, is actually going to be uh, competing for a Ring of Honor title, I believe, on AEW television. Yes. Which is great. Immediately, Samoa Joe is going to be impactful. And I think it's with Minoru Suzuki. So that's going to be that's going to be a barn burner. That's going to be a solid match. That's going to be which fun. Which is the first U.S. title he's won. And I think that's going to be fantastic. I think that is a fantastic... The point is, we're spoiled for wonderful choice if you enjoy some good professional wrestling. So it's, it's one of those things. Tony Khan kind of can't get out of his own way. But at the same time, despite that, he's producing some excellent television here and there. So th- there are moments that like are jarring because it's, ah, this is a bit of a misstep. But then you'll follow it up with like, oh, this match was really great. And this segment was actually really good. And it, it, so for the most part, it's a bit of a mixed bag, mm-hmm. but it's more good than bad. So it's like, you kind of like, okay, well, look, I, I, I've had years of the opposite. It's bad, 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 bad. Okay, bad, 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 bad. <laughs> So it's like, okay, by comparison, I'll, I'll give you a little bit of leeway, but you got to kind of try to level it out a little bit more. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. Uh, I would like, though, the uh, another hour of wrestling television somewhere, either for Rampage or for Ring of Honor or maybe both, uh, different nights, different hours, would be super beneficial right now with the way the roster is to give some of these folks some airtime. That makes sense? Oh, totally makes sense. Yeah. I don't, and I, I don't disagree with you. I just don't, I, I wonder where it would be the best slot for it. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's, well, that's my question. I still feel um, like, I, sa- think, I still feel but like, I, will say this, I don't think a third hour on Wednesday is a good idea. No, absolutely not. I think two hours for Rampage would be really good. I feel like, um, I would still go, feel like, would you go 10 to like 10 to midnight? Or I would, would do, I would do, I would early? do Saturday. I would do Saturday. And don't try to compete. go to Saturday. Yeah. I wouldn't try to compete with uh, SmackDown. Although SmackDown, like I said, is pretty shitty. Um, but it is but, better than Raw. Oh, yeah, yeah, but that's a low bar. Um, but no, I would I would let them... I would kind of try to see if you can occupy the old WCW Saturday Night slot. I think that'd be kind of fun. 
You know, like go a little old school. Let let them do some Saturday night wrestling and let, well, and let you're them on have TBS and TNT anyway. That's what I mean. Like, there's at least a little bit of a heritage to it. You're not coming out of left field with this. You could be like, okay, this is a little old school, and then you create a little bit of a barrier. Wednesday, Saturday. It's not bad. I think that could be fairly reasonable. Um, and then if you've got a Ring of Honor thing somewhere in there, you could do the. I put Ring of Honor on Monday. Just be like. It's like, oh, but we're beating Ring of Honor in the ratings. Ring of Honor is our developmental territory. <laughs> oh, Monday Night Raw is beating the developmental territory. Adorable. <laughs> just, just flip the script of the WWE. Have some fun with them. Yeah. But it's like, you can have some fun. Like, like, don't take it too seriously. Just have some fun with it, I think. I think Tony Khan needs to lighten up a little bit, chill out, take a breath. Um, he's, he is doing some good things. He's also kind of, uh, again, it's a little bit spotty. Yeah, I think he could... Uh do with having some more help yeah i think or, i think you really you know it. take his finger out of the pot some of the pies that he's in right because he's got he's got aw mm-hmm. he's got ring of honor mm-hmm. but he also is is quite involved in the running of the jaguars and the running of fulham the, uh, I, uh, I would really give up on the jaguars I, I walk away from the jaguars walk away run, no run away run away um and then yeah just leave uh, right now honestly ring of honor and AEW would already be enough to keep your hands full but but, I, but my opinion is right now look you got samoa joe who has some experience he was doing some backstage stuff with nxt leverage that uh you've got william regal who's forgotten more about wrestling than most people know leverage that you've got a bunch oh, of these sure. veterans you've got a bunch of these veterans right now who could be like super helpful to you in giving you great ideas uh you know being a sounding board use them use them they 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 can give you a lot of great ideas and help you uh level because i'm enjoying right now what william regal's doing right now with uh brian danielson and john moxley and i'll get into it now i like it i like it a lot i'm a big fan um they're basically building a little uh, faction of badass guys who are just like killer wrestlers um which is which is kind of fun um for sure so let's talk about wheel or yuda so he won the pure ring of honor championship Good for young Wheeler Yuta. Good for him. It gives him a little credibility. It's it, because that championship actually has a lineage of some good wrestlers who have won it. So that's actually really good for him. Um, and then on Rampage, they decided to do, uh, you know, after having done with Brian Danielson, had a good match, and now with John Moxley. And it was the, you know, prove, you know, prove that you deserve our respect. Um, and they had themselves a nice little barn burner of a match. Very physical. Uh, Wheeler Yuta was on fire, doing some really great things there. Uh, John Moxley hit him with some high impact offense. I'm not going to go over the whole match, but the bottom line was. It was very physical. The crowd was really good. The crowd in Boston, I think it was where they were doing it. The crowd in Boston was into it, which is really great. And at various points during the match, they were chanting Yuta. Nice. They made a star. They, they made a star. This sequence of things has actually made Wheeler Yuta. So this is why I say, like, if Tony Khan could take that breath, he could really capitalize on the fact that one of the things they have done exceedingly well, and this is something that, like, uh, gets minimized sometimes, I'm going to say a couple of names and I need you to understand that all of the names I'm going to say didn't mean anything before AEW showed up because they were just wrestlers on the independents. These are homegrown talents, so to speak, because they were, weren't out there. They, they didn't have WWE pedigree. They, they weren't known. Wheeler Yuta right now. Orange Cassidy wasn't even a guy. He, he's more of an entertaining kind of guy, but here's the thing. He can get a good reaction. He can be out there in the crowd, enjoys him and stuff. I, I mean, the thing with Orange Cassidy, you either like what he does or you don't yeah but i think you have to give him credit that he is good at what he does yeah but with the style gimmick, of gimmick he, he's, he's got the gimmick down mm-hmm. he's got the wrestling with that gimmick down and if you like it you like it if you don't you don't and a lot of crowds do 
So like the fact that they've been able to make a lot but of mileage. I don't want to see it all the time. Yeah, and right now, to be honest, they haven't done that. They, for the most part, they've been very controlled in how much of that they provided. They haven't done it too much. They give you a little bit here. He's, he wasn't wrestling every week. They, it's been very well controlled. Um, Britt Baker, who was one of their early signees, was rough around the edges, got better, got better, got better, and you're seeing the improvement. Jade is improving by leaps and bounds on the microphone. She's got it. She's got the presentation. She's got the poise. She's got all that. The in-ring is improving. And if the in-ring catches up to the presentation and the mic work, because now she can grab a microphone and do it. That's a star. So it's like, she's already she's already being presented as a star. That's two women, Wheeler Yuta. And the other one that I would look at is Semi Guevara, to a certain degree, started literally from the bottom, like a really silly gimmick. Now, they got to be careful because right now he's kind of in this middle spot, but he got elevated quite a bit and he's done very well. So it's one of those things they're starting to go there. Um, Ty Conti, also, you got to be careful with her. She'd done very well from the initial start where she was literally cut. They, they cut her basically from NXT. They, they, didn't, even, they didn't even want her. Um, yeah. And she's, they've got a lot of mileage out of that. Uh, Chris Statlander, who really was out of nowhere, and, and the character is now evolving. So I see some potential there. Um, you're going you're gonna to have a little bit more going on with... Uh, there's one more that I'm trying to think of off the top of my head here. Um, Willa Yuta. Oh, Darby Allen. Darby Allen, another great one. MJF, another great one. Mm-hmm. Like I, I'm naming off predominantly young people yep. who had no background and they showed up in this new company. You needed Chris Jericho to be the first world champion. You needed, uh, you know, even though Riho now you wouldn't consider for this, at least she had some experience and she could run with it at first. Mm-hmm. Well, now you've got Nyla Rose. You've got these other people. You've, you've got yeah. some veterans. You've got oh, a little bit sure of company. I, I think you want to help sell the product too. Having some names helps. Agreed. Um, even if you did, I mean, there weren't a ton of people that were like big, big, big name. Chris Jericho was probably the biggest. Yeah. Right. But I mean, again, if you like what Kenny Omega does, that's a great, a great one too. I think yeah. he's a, I don't always like what he does in terms of a presentation, but I think his in-ring work and his ability to do so many different things is highly entertaining. Absolutely. But the Would Kenny you? Omega had at least been around a long time. He had sure. headlined Tokyo Dome shows and stuff. So he was at least, he at least had a background. I would, yeah, I would look at a guy like a jungle boy in general. Yeah. I would look at a guy like a jungle boy as well. Like a younger guy who, who mm-hmm. has been able to build up and he's more now than he was when he started. And all these people that I've named are more now than when they started, but they slowly got on TV and they were like, Oh, who's this person? I never heard of them. Who, who the hell's Darby Allen? Well, when Darby Allen comes out, he gets a pretty good reaction. When Jungle Boy comes out, he gets a pretty good reaction. You know, Wheeler Yuta now. He now he's getting Yuta chance. Who the hell's Wheeler Yuta? Yuta was a jobber with best friends. He was the one who was designed to take the pin. That's what he was doing. And now all of a sudden he's aligned with William Regal, Brian Danielson, and John Moxley. Yeah. That's a pretty good, like, hey, we're he's actually building stars. Heaven forbid. What an idea. Who does that? These are young people he's identified and actually decided to make stars. And they're slowly, oh, and one more. I remember the one I was forgetting. And I shouldn't be because I've talked about it already playing. Wardlow? Uh, yeah. Wardlow right now is literally getting cheered. He can't even get to the ring. <laughs> he's fighting around security, throwing them around like crash test dummies. And that's entertaining as hell. And he will eventually get his hands on MJF and the, and the peasants glorious. will rejoice. And the peasants will rejoice. Now, here's a question for you based on the people that you've named. Yes. Okay. Well, the uh, way that's a pretty decent list of people. It is a that's great not list. bad. If you're watching the product, that's an excellent list. Of those people you've named, how many of those people would you think WWE would like to get their hands on? Warlow. 
Um, Darby Allen's too small. Jungle Boy's probably too small. MJF, probably, they would want to get their hands on him, but they'd muzzle him. It doesn't mean he wouldn't consider it with the right amount of money, but try, imagine MJF trying to pull his stun. Imagine MJF trying to cut his promo on Roman Reigns. Tear him to shreds. Not a chance. He would get muzzled immediately. They, they, go, they go and be like, nope. By the way, you're not going to be able to say that, but you can't say that either. Nope. Hold on. Here's the list of things you can't say. This is 47 pages long. Yes, and it's size 5 font. So get get reading glasses. Yeah, yeah. Good luck with that. He would be muzzled and knocked down 50 pegs, and it would be it would be an absolutely neutered version of, of MJF. It would be terrible. He basically would be The Miz. He literally would be The Miz. It's like, but The Miz is kind of lame. Yes, that's the point. You may as well you may as well find your Maurice because that's all you're going to be doing. You, you, you fancy a mixed tag? You fancy a mixed tag? Yeah? Okay. Bad. Very bad. Very bad. Um, but yeah, um, I think that would be another one they would look at. Uh, Jade. Definitely Jade. Because Jade was uh, offered by WWE. She just didn't like the vibe of what they were, uh, of kind of the take it or leave it. And she felt like AEW would give her an opportunity to do certain things kind of in a, a schedule that made more sense to her. Um, and that's actually how the AEW got Jade. Because WWE offered her the contract first. Huh. And they missed out because WWE would have uh, because WWE would have looked looked at Jade and go. Now, mind you, I don't know if her development would have been as good because right now she's training with Brian Danielson. Yeah. For the in ring, like that's going to improve a lot. And again, the microphone work. I don't know who she's working with at that, but the microphone work has been really good and steadily improving. The character she's kind of got it figured out. She's kind of got it dialed in, and her outfits and everything she does makes a lot of sense. Smart Mark Sterling is like her representation does just enough. It's not his job to talk for her now. He just he'll say some stuff here and there, and then it's Jade's job to say what she needs to say. So right now, as a pairing, they're doing a good job. And she's got the title, she's got the champion, she's got the win streak and everything going on. You're building stars in both divisions. Seems yep. good. Even I'll give you one more example, actually. Um uh Darius. No, um uh Dante Martin. Mm. He when his brother got hurt, um, normally that means the tag team guy gets thrown in the back. But Dante Martin got to have a lot of feature matches. And now combined, Top Flight is actually getting a pretty good reaction when they come out for tag team matches, even though his brother was hurt this really long time. That's and, actually and really good. You know, the other person you mentioned too right now, uh, Max Caster and the Acclaimed. Yes. And um, speaking of that, um, I got a kick out of, uh, because Max Caster did like Samoa Joe's first match. And uh, so he did his little but rap. The fact that he that he dis he, he brought up the ratings. Yeah. It's like he was their champion, but Samoa Joe's like reaction was to it. Part of it, he was like, "Yeah, that's kind of true." He, was, he enjoyed it. You could tell he was he was like, "Okay." And the fact that um, this week, I don't know if you heard that Cena, right, was said that Max Caster does what he did better than he did it. Oh, 100 percent. I remember John Cena's. I remember John Cena for the 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 Doctor of Thugonomics gimmick worked for John Cena at the time because it was very different than what a lot of other people were doing. But I do think that Max Caster does it very well. He he learned because he he went too far on one and he got and he got slapped in the wrist for that one. What what Good. happened in that one? Um, I, I he was talking to one he was talking about one of the women in one of his raps and I don't remember exactly what he said, but I know he got they got a lot of flack for that one. Um, and I think Tony Khan basically you know reacted to it very quickly. He goes, uh, "I'll review I'll review what he's going to say beforehand." So that's when Tony Khan started taking on again too much. Uh, but they really got slapped for that one. I don't remember the specifics, but I know I know it wasn't good. Uh, I remember it at the time. It wasn't. It was a bad move to. You could have scaled it back one or two levels. This is 
AEW does a good job of letting them have a lot of free flow. That's one where it's like, double check that one. You know what? Pull it back about 20% and you can deliver the rest of it. It's fine, but pull that one back. Um, but since then he's, uh, since then he's been a lot, he, since then he, I wouldn't say he's been careful. He does a really good job with, I think he runs it by the other person first. So, because I, I feel like, I feel like they're in on the joke. Samoa Joe probably knew kind of what was coming and, you know, he reacted to kind of it. CM Punk was trying not to laugh when Max Caster did a rap for him, uh, talking about it, um, uh, because it was very clever. Some of his stuff, like his stuff is actually pretty clever. And he's got a backing track too, which is yeah. pretty sweet. So he understands how to work with it. Um, and it's a great presentation. And by the way, those guys get a good reaction. Do you know how many matches they lose? They're basically jobbers, <laughs> but like they're so entertaining and they're jobber dumb. People are like, still, yeah, okay, do your rap. Well, I think you look at it, somebody like, I know this is a, a, a different comparison, but uh, SD Jones, right? Mm-hmm. He was jobber. He has two LJN figures. Yeah, no, I get it. Uh, and I think right you now. Know, I mean, if you do, or like somebody like Barry Horowitz, like if you do what you do well enough, sometimes it transcends it. Yeah, and here's the thing. I think those guys eventually will get an opportunity either as a tag team or as singles because Anthony Bowens is very talented. He's very good. Max Caster is but absolutely he's really right good. Now, right? I, I think, think so. so. I think. Yeah, I think so. But that's the thing. Like he'll come out and he'll do his piece of the shtick. You know, they they do like their new age outlaws kind of thing, you know. Yep. <laughs> it's like I've got two words for you, but it's a thing. It's like the acclaimed has, it's like I've City here. The acclaimed has arrived. And it, it's fine. It works. It works for what they're doing. People know the shtick at this point. So like it works. They react to it. And and it gets a huge pop. Yeah. At this eventually, though, I could see Anthony Bowens having a nice little run for himself because uh, he he's actually quite good. And I could imagine Max Caster having a nice little run for himself as well because he's quite good. Yeah. But again, more young guys who are getting TV time and opportunities and stuff. So like I said, how many good things did I just name off in the last 20 minutes? A lot. A lot. Uh, so it's like, and that's despite the fact Tony Khan may have lost his mind. That's yeah. pretty good. But considering that fact, and and the the structure of some of the organizational of it, yeah, yeah. I think uh, I think I think the key for them is going to be figuring out that some of the talent do need a little bit of direction. They actually need to be pointed in the right direction, and if they get that direction for the ones that need it, I think what they need to do is do a better job of assessing. Some of them are actually really good. Let them have free reign to do what they need to do and they actually understand how to use it other ones um need a little guidance they need like hey we i like what you're doing let's help you with it let's tweak it like this let's adjust it like this and then okay and if they're receptive to that and they're willing to learn from it like i guarantee they would be like even a step further than where they are because some of these people understand what their gimmick is beautifully leave them alone let them do their thing this other one has an idea but it isn't fully fleshed out help them go over and help them because they might not be willing to, they might not be, they might be scared to ask because so many people are just doing their own thing and being allowed to do it. And technically Tony Khan will let you do it. But at the same time, maybe you need a little help. Maybe, maybe you don't know who to ask. Well, Hey, I, I got this idea. Maybe go talk to Jericho, go talk to Regal, go talk to this and mm-hmm. go get some of that experience. And they'll be like, absolutely. Regal made abundantly clear. He did an interview on uh, AEW unrestricted. He goes, I'm, I'm here. I'm happy to help out any of the talent that wants my help. Yeah, he sure. knows stuff. Ask him things. Yeah. It's like, take advantage of it. Absolutely. Why, why wouldn't you? Like some of these guys know there's, and Eddie Kingston, he leave him be, 
Eddie, here's your microphone. Go do your go do your thing. You'll be good. CM Punk, go ahead. Here's a microphone. Go do your thing, buddy. Some of these other guys, no, help them out a little bit. Get get them a little because guess what? If you give them a little bit of help, goes a million miles. I guarantee you, Darby Allen right now is getting some great advice from Sting, and yeah. it has only been to his benefit. And he and he is progressively getting better all the time. The take advantage of these guys. These guys know what the hell they're doing. Take advantage of all of them. Um, but we'll see. We'll we'll see how we'll see how a lot of plays out. But one of my favorite lines. I don't think it was this week. I think it was the week before. And again, one of the characters that has been improving over time. I've been enjoying more. Uh, Nyla Rose. So during her Thunder Rosa thing, um, I did like the one line though. I, I do think though maybe Nala Rose needs to get away from Vicky Guerrero because Vicky Guerrero right now is very much annoying me. Even beyond the point of her stick being annoying, she's actually really annoying me. Um, I did laugh though because Nala Rose had a good line in one of her promos. She was like, "She was like, you've got a death wish. It's like I'll be your genie, abracadabra, bitch." I was like, "Yes, that's good. I like that. I, I like what you did there. Well done." So I was going to say, sometimes they deliver some really good lines. It's like, I don't know who came up with that. I don't know if that was you or somebody else. Kudos, uh, you know, compliments to the chef. Good job. No, I I appreciate it. I thought it was really well done. Listen, I like when they throw a little, you know, punchline in the promo. This is is honestly what I feel. When AEW is at its best or, like, is good, it is the best thing in professional wrestling slash sports entertainment, whatever you want to call it. It is when AEW... Is at its best. It there is nothing better. When they're at their best, um, they they do it about as well as anybody. And I think even when they don't quite execute, it's like it's like a C minus. So so the good news the good news is even when they drop the ball a little bit, it could certainly be worse. It could be Vincent Van taking the center at your biggest show of the year, and you think this is a good idea. But it's stupendous, Carlos. You old bastard. You know what's stupendous? What's stupendous is the amount of laughing I was doing after watching that idiot try to do that. It's like, you suck before. Have you seen the Mick Foley video of him laughing at that? And yet, it deservedly so. It deservedly so. Like, honestly, it's like, it's like, Mick, I understand. I, I understand what you're getting. With. Like, I, I get it. I do. I don't know, man. It's just something I don't know. All right. Anything else, uh, AWS, we want to touch on? No, I think that was good, man. I think it was a good, conversa- uh, good conversation about AW and some of the things that are happening lately. And I enjoyed it. Are you ready for some shenanigans? Oh yeah, we haven't talked about Prism yet. We're an hour into this almost. We haven't talked about Prism. Yeah, well, that's that's why I was timing it out. I wanted to give us a chance to have a All good right. conversation. We did. We did. All right, let's 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 uh, wrap this up with a conversation about WWE Prism, Carlos. Please. All right. I have been steadily tracking it. One of my curiosities was I wanted to see what was going to happen because the comparison is still there with obviously Topps Chrome. So mm-hmm. right now, Topps Chrome was released not that long ago. Topps Finest was released not that long ago. And obviously, we got Prism. Now, the boxes came out hot. Um, well, first off, the line that does that goes directly through, uh, through Panini, that has uh, come out at over $1,100 a box, which is crazy talk. Just for the record, by the way, guys, uh, you can get Topps Chrome WB now still available for $300 Canadian, which is a lot of money, but it's less than $1,100 US. Yes. Much less. So you can pull on-card autographs out of that. You can pull shiny <laughs> numbered cards. It's like, but it's Prism. I understand. There's a big, big price discrepancy there. By the way, that's secondary market. It was cheaper when Chrome came out, when W Chrome came out. The price discrepancy right now is still kind of dramatic, is all I'm trying to say here. Um, so anyway, so right there, I'm seeing red flags. That's That's a big red flag to me. I understood, but at the same time, I'm suspicious. Now, what I went and I did 
was I started tracking some different ones. Uh, you know, I'm going to put together more data as I go along, but I can give some very specific examples, some quick ones. Um, I went and looked and there was an MVP gold uh, prism. The gold prisms are actually very popular. Uh, they're numbered to 10. I actually collect because it's unlicensed. I collect Juan Soto gold prisms and gold selects and stuff, because to me, it's a good bargain. It's a good opportunity to get in a low numbered Juan Soto card for relatively inexpensive still. But as people catch on to that, I expect those prices are going to start to creep up. And I might already have over a dozen of them suckers. When the time comes, I will be rich. Um, but with the prism, uh, WB, I knew they would be popular because the prism and golds are very popular anyway in basketball and football and et cetera. Okay. So I saw, I click it. So, you know, the Roman Reigns, the Rock, Stone Cold Steve Austin, you know, those are going to be crazy. So I said, let me, let me avoid those. Let's take a look at some of the lower tier talents and see what's going on. Mm -hmm. So what I decided to do is I went and I found uh, a comp for MVP. So MVP gold prism. And I checked it out and it sold for over $300. Now I'm suspicious. That's pretty hefty. That's kind of expensive. So I check it out. And then I go, okay, let's see if I can find any comparables. Um, Tops Chrome, so the gold prism is numbered to 10. So out of 10. Not autographed. So not autographed, out of 10. 300 bucks. Okay, so for Tops Chrome, the black refractor is numbered to 10. So it's the closest apples to apples comparison I can make. Because if I do the gold, the gold's numbered to 50, it's not a fair comparison. Let's do the out of 10 with the out of 10. That's probably the best bet. Um, One of them sold uh, in February. For the tops chrome black refractor out of 10 eight mm-hmm. dollars it's mvp it's eight dollars of course it's why, why would you pay more but for gold prism three hundred dollars i'm very suspicious so what i decide to do is then i go and i check the bidding history of the gold prism because i'm like the difference between eight dollars and three hundred dollars is rather massive yes for a comparable card for the two different products um so i I immediately go into a little bit. I put on my detective hat and go and start taking a closer look. And what I find is a lot of low, low, low feedback bidders. I mean like two and three feedback and a whole stack of bids jacking it up all the way. The people with the higher feedback ratings are down like at $25. So I'm like, okay, so we're going into the hundreds of dollars, but low feedback, low feedback, low feedback, low feedback, low feedback. I'm like, things that make you go, hmm. So I'm like, so at this stage, and I, I did this for a video because I wanted to educate. I wanted to uh, give people some understanding. I go, right. here's the deal. I'm not going to say it was show bid because I can't definitively prove that. However, the telltale signs are in place. And the discrepancy between these two cards is so massive, immediately we must be suspicious. We have to be suspicious. We don't have a choice because it's too much of a difference. Why would MVP, who I enjoyed, I enjoyed MVP. But in WWE Perlance today, he's a manager. He's more of a marginal talent. He's not somebody that people are going to run to and look at as like, oh my God, let's spend hundreds of dollars on an MVP gold prism. That seems kind of silly. Why would you do that? The answer is you wouldn't. Right. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So when I look at the equivalent Topps Chrome and then compare it, a Topps Chrome somebody bought for $8 in a month and a half ago, and then the out of 10 gold prism that just finished, $300. Does that seem off to you? Yes. Substantially. You know, it's very suspicious, right? For sure. That's how you do that analysis. You have to look at it. Now, same thing. There are other ones that I think are more legit. 
So I'm actually going to give you an example right now, and this will kind of finish. And if you've got any questions or thoughts, you know, feel free to give them. All right. But let me show you real quick. So one I've got here that I've got it queued up because I'm probably going to do a video on this as the as the contrast to the first video, just so that people understand. Like, I'm not going to claim that all of these are showbiz because I think some of them might be legit. So I'll show you. So this one here, the one at the top, is a Kevin Owens out of 10 gold prism, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, it looks like I got an offer on one of my Vlada Juniors. I'm rich. Now, uh, going here, uh, $510. Pretty substantial, more than the MVP. But Kevin Owens is a little bit higher up on the card. He got to do the big match with Stone Cold and stuff like that. He's a bit of a more popular character. Seems reasonable. Okay, so here's what I'm going to show you. I'm actually going to switch screens now, and I'm going to share with you the bid history on that Kevin Owens. And we're going to compare it to what I was talking about a second ago. So if you can't see it, let me know. I can make it a little bigger. Okay? A little bit bigger. Okay. Okay. So bottom line, I'm going to start here at the bottom. So the in brackets is the feedback rating. Higher feedback rating, the more likely it's a legit buyer because of because it's hard. To, why would you use a burner on a really high feedback person? Usually it's these low feedback is the ones you're worried about, the really low number brackets. Okay. So right now at the beginning, you're starting off with pretty legit. 1,400 feedback, almost 300 feedback. Like these are fine. Like th this is pretty high feedback. Multiple here is probably somebody bumping up their best offer just to make sure they win. So so this, this behavior is more normal. That's fine. Okay. I'm not worried about that. Now we scan through. Still pretty good feedback, folks. 3,800 feedback. We're already at almost 300 bucks. 3,800 feedback, 211 feedback, 3,800 feedback. And the winner was 3,800 feedback. I am comfortable that this is legit. The amount of bids and the sequencing of bids and the fact that there were really no silly low numbered feedback folks in here. Most of these folks had a couple of hundred feedback or a couple of thousand feedback. I feel comfortable this Kevin Owens is a legitimate sale. And Kevin Owens at $500, although high, still makes more sense to me right. than the MVP sale. With me? Yep. So that right there, that's how you do it. Basically what you're looking for is you're trying to figure out is what's the comparable and what are you and what are you seeing as far as that's concerned mm -hmm. and the more of that you can see so that in that situation i'm good then my only question that i have to figure out is is there a comparable now i'm going to give you an example of why now this is a different situation this is a situation where i think the sale is legit but i also think it's stupid okay okay so now i'm going to give you a, co a contrast Okay, so I'm going to share this with you, and I'm going to conclude this as part of that video. So like I said, this is very educational. Be educated, people. Okay, so right here, this is a Topps Chrome, mm -hmm. Kevin Owens, black refractor out of 10 that is also an autograph. You can have this for 60 bucks. Mm. The gold prism is $500. Not autographed. The autograph one is 60 Yeah. Something seems off there. No, it, it, here's the thing. I think it was legitimate. I just think the buyers are stupid. This part's different. The, in this situation, it's a legitimate sale on the prism. I'm comfortable with that. But it's like you could literally have gone on eBay and, oh, I want a Kevin Owens out of 10. This would be a superior option for the money. Speaking of which, I'm probably going to buy this now. I've convinced myself. Suckers. Moving on. Um, <laughs> I love that. And that's the first that's happened on this podcast. Carlos is not, he's sometimes been watching auctions and things like that, but I don't believe he's actually ever bought a card during a live podcast. So there we go. First. Yes. Yes. The point is that like that took four seconds of research. I'm like, well, solid. solid. Yeah. I was like, I was like, um, 
that's that that was that was an easy one that was a really easy call i was like okay you want to pay 500 for the non-autograph one i'll take the autograph one for about one eighth the price yeah idiots and purchased idiots but that's the point the point is is like a savvy purchaser will sense an opportunity that that to me is an opportunity that kevin knows out of 10. it's an autograph out of 10. the other one's also out of 10 but it's not an autograph but it's prism and shiny they're both shiny this one's a yeah, refractor but, but it's gold shiny carlos <laughs> yeah i understand but that 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 is what indicates to me that there is an uneducated group of people making these purchases right now yeah. they have spent no time doing any research they haven't looked at it in that situation then wouldn't i be looking for the best bang for my buck if i'm going to spend the money i may as well then look into it and be like and that particular card was also commemorative of a, of a big moment in kevin owens career where he beat john cena yes kind of a neat card if you're interested in Kevin Owens, right? For sure. So that that right there, that's what I say. So I think there are shenanigans, legitimately, but I also believe that, um, so I think there are shenanigans, but at the same time, I also believe that, um, that some folks are uh, missing the boat here, not doing the research. That sounds like it, for sure. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep. It's a, so, good, uh, a good thing to, you know, show everybody, hey, do your research. Yeah, and that's kind of where we're at. Uh, it's, it's one of those things where you got to understand what you're trying to do out there, um, and be careful with it. Uh, that would be my recommendation, but do a little bit of research because it goes a long way. Uh, but I think what we're going to find right now, this is what's very interesting to me right now at the moment is I'm monitoring it because I think there are some forces and some individuals that are trying to promote the hell out of, uh, the wrestling card market to push it up. And some of them are using some shady dealings to get there. Yeah. Not even the WWE bots from Twitter. Mm. It's the AW people that are pushing it up. Tony Khan is spending all his spare time just driving up the market of WWE cards. Well, the funny thing is, uh, that, so I gave you those examples because I've been, because like I said, I'm doing my research. Uh, there was an extreme example the other day um, that ended, I think, just yesterday. Uh, there was a, um, there's an insert called Color Blast that comes out of, uh, that Panini has. That's very popular, extremely popular. I think they're case hits, so they're tough, but they're not numbered, but they're pretty tough. Uh, they're very popular. Uh, there was a John Cena color blast that went up on eBay. And I believe it was shilled to the moon. Um, it ended up completing at over $11,000. Now, it was shilled to the moon because what happened was it went for over $11,000. Ooh, big sale. Uh, it's back on eBay now. Which is to say it wasn't paid for. So it's not a legitimate comp. You look at it, it's like that did, it's like the eleven thousand, that didn't actually happen. Somebody bid to eleven thousand, that's true. But if nobody pays for it, that's not a real sale. That's, that doesn't count. Yeah. And obviously <laughs> frustrating for the super frustrating for the seller. Yeah, no doubt. But at the same time, it also means that like, can you trust these results? Because if you just look it up in a vacuum, you're like, oh my God, the color blast went for eleven thousand dollars. Actually, no, it didn't. Yeah. It did not. That did not occur. Uh, again, you got to dig a little below the surface and you discover, oh, well, wait, there's some there's some silliness going. But that's why I say, like, I gave you an example of shenanigans. And then I gave you an example of actually the bid history says probably that's good. The Kevin yeah. Owens sale was good, even though it probably doesn't make sense if you had done a little research and realized there were alternative options at a better rate. Mm -hmm. And that's the sure. So there you go, guys. A little education at the end of the show. And we appreciate it, Carlos.
Yes. Yes. All right. And I think with that said, uh, that'll uh, be where we're kind of running off. Then I did remember to put it at the bottom of the screen. So iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, wherever you get your podcasts. Watch it on the YouTube. You get hand gestures. You get screen shares. It's true. You, you get, do. You get Xbox boxes again. Throw. Everybody wins. Also true. Yes. Otherwise, we'll be back on the next episode, and uh, we'll see what happens. What uh, what comes up as we now now we're past WrestleMania season into other miscellaneous shit season for WWE. And we come, why not? And every day we get a day closer, one day closer, Dave, to pirate, pirate Julie Hart. Every day we get one day. The heel turn closer. is coming, Carlos. I think I think I think she's officially heel. <laughs> I just think she, I, at this point she literally in her last match threw through the through her jacket at at the two minions. I mean uh, I mean the varsity blondes, <laughs> and then and then sent them away, and then like used heel tactics on Hikaru Shida. I'm fairly confident she's a heel at this stage. I'm reasonably confident. It's subtle, but I'm pretty sure. Fair enough. Yes. But we'll see. We'll see how that development goes. Anyway, so that's it for us. We will catch you in the next one.